0: Welcome to The Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast delivering you the insight, ideas and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello, hello and welcome to The Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks your host, and I'm also proud to be your guide, helping show you the way and supporting the journey towards successful retail transformation. Thank you for tuning in. This one is episode 155, number 155. Now, digital shopping has obviously seen major growth for years and years now, and I'm sure you won't be surprised by forecasts that suggest it will continue to grow at a steady pace for the foreseeable future. Digital shopping, and by that phrase, I mean both website-based e-commerce as well as social media-based social commerce, is a convenient way of browsing, but really struggles with discovery and inspiration and having conversations with customers. But new technology-enabled solutions are really helping to offer fantastic alternatives now, so let's explore the art of the possible in this episode, see how the different shopping elements can fit together and understand what's needed in your operating model and in your infrastructure to put this in place. Show notes for today are going to be over at obandco.uk 155. That's obandco.uk 155. Let's be honest, scrolling the grid in an e-commerce perspective is not the most interesting way of shopping. It doesn't drive discovery, and that was a topic that, of course, I dived into in a lot more detail in episode 148, Transforming Discovery in Retail, part two, which was more focused on the digital side, and obviously part one was more focused on the physical side in episode 147. Now, I'm not sure what you think about this, but for me, augmented reality, AR, has perhaps been the greatest innovation when it comes to digital shopping for some time now. It allows people to view computer models of products in a realistic setting. Now, whether that is a picture on your wall in your bedroom, or an armchair in your living room, or even a new outfit, or perhaps it's a different look achieved through different makeup and cosmetics, or different color hair, or a different pair of spectacles or glasses. Maybe you fancy a new watch, a new pair of shoes, a new consumer electronic gadget, or maybe you're gonna treat yourself to a new car. Well, augmented reality can help you to shop all of those aspects and more. And companies like ASOS, IKEA, Amazon, Warby Parker, L'Oreal, Mac Cosmetics, Sephora and Lego have all led the way with augmented reality solutions to help their customers to browse and to buy the product that is perfect for them. And when you look at social media companies like Snap Inc, who are the parent company of Snapchat, who are energetic supporters of augmented reality, along with the likes of Instagram with, with different augmented reality style filters this is really an exciting space. But away from the classic AR innovation, Etsy recently released a new experiment that I think could catch on and is perfect to integrate really tightly with augmented reality. The Etsy house is a new concept that lets you tour a digital home decorated with a specially curated range of products available on their platform. And if you've not checked this out, go to theetsyhouse.com. Take a little browse around. It's a Google Street View style experience, which features a fully 3D rendered world based on what I'm assuming is a real life capture of an actual house. You can walk around room to room, step by step, look left, look right, look up, look down, move around. And then you realise that the luxurious products that you are surrounded by are for sale. And with a couple of quick clicks, you can find them on Etsy and make a purchase. Now, for me, this is a much more engaging, much more inspirational way of shopping. It certainly beats scrolling the grid if you don't know exactly what you are looking for and you are there to discover what is possible. You are there to, like I say, be inspired, to get new ideas However, I don't think the Etsy house is all the way there just yet. We do need to think, how do we take this to the next level? I think to help us answer that, what is the power or the uniqueness of a digital shopping environment over a physical shopping environment, over and above the fulfillment side of things, I mean? Well, for me, it's the ability to change and personalize the offering to an individual, And to create something that doesn't naturally exist. So you can put things together quickly, easily, cheaply, and at a relatively infinite scale. Let's stay in the Etsy house for just a moment and think what would this mean? How would you change and personalize this experience to an individual and create something that doesn't exist anywhere? Well, it could be the design style, right? The Etsy house. The actual house itself is of a certain design, which looks lovely, don't get me wrong, but it will not be to everyone's tastes. And some people will naturally get turned off by that because their house is nothing like that, right? Maybe it's the house size is too big, or even there are rooms there which you just don't have. So how could you both customise the design style as well as the house style or the setting style, shall we say? From there, you could integrate different lifestyle choices. So for example, do you have kids? And if so, what ages? Do you have pets? Are there any particular hobbies? Because if you can take these lifestyle aspects and build them into the house and then decorate it, it feels so much more relevant to that individual, right? And what you would lay out your house like is different than how I would lay out my house, right? Another idea, you could have color choices and different variants that are instantly available, instantly customizable. So if you see a coffee table and you like it in oak rather than in walnut, or in white rather than black or whatever that is, a couple of quick clicks of the mouse and that house is much more relevant, much more personalized, much more individualized to you. Another option here is thinking about the filters that you would apply to the grid you know, things like price point are important shopping decisions. So how can you bring that into a setting like the Etsy house? There is no point a customer scrolling around, clicking, saying that looks like a nice armchair. Oh, it's $5,000. I don't really want to have to spend $5,000 or have $5,000 to spend on a particular armchair. But actually, what would it be like if you could set that just like you would, like I say, on a filter setting? You know, I'm interested in products up to this price or or at a range of different levels, right? And then, of course, you could consider the mission that a customer is on as well. And we'll be talking a bit more about this later on. But what is a customer looking for? Are they looking for a specific product, which you could then over-index in the house? Are you looking for a specific room? So you could, again, have different layouts, different themes around that particular room all designed to inspire that individual customer. Plus, of course, the huge AR opportunity and the chance to really put those products in your home. And I'm sure you've got lots of other ideas as well as to how you could take this house concept for homeware and personalise it and adjust it in the digital world to really make it more relevant. But let's take that to an alternate category just to play with the idea here for a minute. Clothing, for example. Well, body size and shape is an obvious one to go after in terms of customizing clothing styles, but also style preferences, color preferences as well. Budget and price point still is important, but you could also play around with different customization or product personalization options as well. Maybe you want to help customers pair Products with some of their existing clothing. You know, there's this fantastic dress and I'm looking for a jacket to go with it. Or I've got a suit and I'm wondering what shirt would go really well with it. Or I've got a t shirt and I'm looking for a pair of shorts or jeans or whatever that is that creates an outfit. And then finally, think about the setting as well. In this clothing example, how could you apply different settings? Maybe it's a work setting, a home setting, a party setting, a holiday setting and get the customer to feel and imagine the products in that setting. Now, I think this is really exciting. And we can turn to technology and technologies like AI to drive the personalization. And I'm thinking of companies like Stitch Fix, who are already doing this to some extent with their AI-powered styling services. They're using personal data, historical preferences, patterns, automations, all in a way that drive the computer to make the right choice for the customer. And the beauty of doing this in a digital way rather than Stitch Fix's way (laughs) of putting the actual clothes in a box and committing yourself. But if you do this in a digital way, in theory, it doesn't cost you anything. Sure, it costs you money to create this digital world in the first place. But is this the reinvention of digital shopping that we have been waiting some time for i think it is because really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to seed the product into the customer's mind into their imagination and if any given person can imagine a product in their life and imagine it so easily as well they have made an emotional leap into the future and essentially they have proven that they're definitely a potential customer so question to you how do you simulate your product in the way that your customer could see or feel or imagine it is really there in real life and what is it they are wanting to do with seeing it or feeling it or imagining it in real life is it that they want to touch and feel it is it that they want to get feedback from loved ones or friends is it that they want to try using it is it what that they want to assess comfort you know what is that decision point And how can you replicate that in the digital shopping arena? So the next big question is how do we support this person as they browse? How do we answer their questions and engage them and move them along toward the sale? This is where real life sales associates and and real people are insanely powerful, in my opinion. Maybe the customer is looking for an expert recommendation. Maybe they're looking for another point of view. Maybe they need a little confidence booster. Maybe they've got a question about a particular style. Or maybe it's a technical question that they are seeking specialist advice on. Well, there are a couple of ways to play this out. Firstly, colleagues can take part in the conversation. Maybe it's a live video call or maybe even a chat. But it is a one-on-one conversation. Now, unsurprisingly, retail has a little bit of experience here in this, right? This is how stores have worked for a long time. And some retailers are really making a fantastic leap into this digital shopping arena. Cosmetic companies like Charlotte Tilbury or consumer electronics companies like Curry's or homeware retailers like Furniture Village are all engaging with customers through video chat, letting their people be the literal face of the company and helping customers to make a decision, understand what is the right product for them. And in particular, if you look at companies like Furniture Village, being able to build a real omni-channel shopping journey, which blends together these digital touch points along with in-store touch points, it gets really very exciting. Gucci are another company that are really focusing in on this particular segment of digital shopping. In fact, during the pandemic, they set up a digital showroom, a dark store, if you will, with real products real colleagues and a real place. And you can connect in in a one-way video call and speak to someone about the products in question. Alternatively, rather than going for a one-to-one conversation, you may go for a more broadcast style. Think of it as an on-demand live stream style presentation by a sales associate, a bit like a QVC style segment to explain and explore any particular product. Now, Maybe you feature these as part of a live stream, or maybe you generate these during a live stream. Either way, it helps a customer to engage, to really see someone interacting with the product, and it allows a person to sell it. Now, a lot of the realistic direction here will depend on your niche too, of course. Which category are you in? What's your unique selling point? What makes sense in terms of the size of your range, the complexity of your products, the channels that you work in, and of course, the different missions that your customers are on as well. Which kind of brings us on nicely, because how do we put this in place? How do we reinvent the digital shopping experience? Well, firstly, we must start with a vision. How do you see this happening? If you create a vision around what digital shopping means for you, for your customers, for your brand, you can then start to move towards this end state. An important part of this vision is the customer mission, which we have touched on a couple of times already today. But here you need a real understanding of why customers would be browsing on your site or in your social media channel or whatever that is. You know, a replenishment mission is a very different style of shopping compared to one where you are looking for inspiration. And you want to be able to segment customers quickly and feed them off into their relevant path, right? Put yourself in your customer's shoes if you were looking to replenish a particular product and you had to go through a whole experience, in air quotes, like the Etsy house, for example, to find that very particular specific product that you were after. That would be enormously frustrating, as I'm sure you could imagine, right? So make sure that you are serving the different customer missions that your actual customers are on. Also, in this initial design phase, you'd want to make sure that you are mapping out your ecosystem. You must recognize that customers do not follow one set of paths through the different channels or the different parts of your business. But if you understand the different roles that your different channels or your different elements do play in those missions then you can play out these different scenarios. And with this, you will essentially define your customer requirements. And then you can get into the specifics of your operating model, whether it's about operations or the product or data or technical or the marketing side even as well. So as you dive into your operating model, think how are you going to bring this to the customer? Especially if you are blending in different colleague touch points or live streaming technologies, you know, who needs to do what, And how? And if you can answer that, you will begin to uncover the processes or the training or the job specs that you are going to need to bring this to reality. And most likely, if you hadn't already worked it out, it's going to be a multifaceted team that needs to create and operate this. So, actually, what are all the different parts of the operating model that need to feed into it? Product is going to be key here. Of course, the technical details for your product are going to be important. They already are, by the way but also we're now thinking about samples, about 3D models, as well as particular product preferences. Who is this product designed for? You know, what style house should it fit into if we're talking about that Etsy house as an example? And how are you going to add that for both colleagues and customers so they can help identify those factors, those products that really matter? And actually. Question here for you. Do you know what factors really do matter to your customers? Have you asked? Do you have intel from your colleagues in the field, be it in stores, be it in customer service centres, about what sort of things customers ask them about most? That's a great bit of homework for you, and I'm sure will be hugely eye-opening. Data is of course critical for today's digital shopping. And if you think about reinventing digital shopping, again, data is going to play a huge part in it. So think about what data are you going to be collecting? Are you going to be recording? Are you clear with your customers on how and why you're collecting this? And importantly, do you actually know what you are going to do with this data as an outcome? You know, there is no point hoarding loads of data if it just sits there unused, aging. And it may be worth listening to episode 124 of this podcast as well, which is about how to be a data-driven retailer. Because I can't help but feel as digital shopping reinvents, data is going to become more and more important as we personalize the experience, as we build up CRM pictures of our customers. On the technical side, of course, there is a huge amount of tech development that needs to go on. You know, from an IT side, there is how are you actually going to make this happen, as well as how are you going to connect this to your existing channels, your existing systems, your existing services? And what does the setup for new products look like as well? Are you going to need 3D models, for example, or are you going to need specific CAD diagrams or whatever that is, right, that enable you to set up your specific type of product into a digital world? And then from a marketing perspective, don't forget, you actually do need to let your customers know about this reinvented digital shopping experience that you are imagining. You know, you could have the greatest innovations happening in your company, but if your customers don't realize, they are completely invisible, completely pointless, and a bit of a vanity exercise. So how does marketing fit into that operating model as well? And there's some great opportunities To build hype and so on with these new digital shopping experiences. So, I think there's a couple of big questions left. Number one, is it possible? And number two, is it worth doing? I'm going to answer these together because if you imagine a vision like we have discussed today, there is a lot of investment to making it happen and there is arguably a lot of risk as well. Customers are not used to shopping like this. We don't know if there is the data to support a business case, but this is where we have to take a leap of faith. If we are innovators, we have to make a forecast, back it up with what we can in terms of knowledge, in terms of tests and experiments, which I'll come back to in just a second. And then we have to take a leap of faith because as soon as there is a business case, as soon as there is data to support this reinvention of digital shopping, you will have already been left behind because there are companies that are already experimenting or trialing or rolling out different parts of this solution right now. So to the question, is it possible? Well, yes, it is. I think the challenge we now face is fitting all of these parts together into a coherent story or a coherent experience. So think right now. What experiments or what tests could you do that could get you on the path towards your vision? And actually, what aspects do you already have in place or could quickly put into place? Because some of these solutions that we have spoken about, by the way, are pretty quick to put in if you really want to make them happen. And once they are in place, what insight can you draw on it to help guide the path? Now, if you would like to dive into this for your specific situation, I'd love to chat. Email me, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Tell me you've listened to this episode, and I would love to dive into the specifics of your business and your vision. And I'll put that on the show notes page as well today, which once again is obandco.uk slash so, 155. If these different parts exist separately already, this vision is actually relatively a short-term development, I think. But what does the future look like, I wonder? Well, it comes back to that question that we started with. Why has e-commerce and why has social commerce grown so quickly? Well, it's a convenient way of shopping that fits in with our modern lifestyles. So if we take a few more steps into the future... We could definitely see a Ready Player One style world. I'm not sure if you've seen that film, Ready Player One. That's the one where everyone lives in a virtual reality world, right? Real life is quite bleak, quite meagre. But when you go into the digital world, you can be whoever you want to be. And it's colourful and fun and exotic. You could definitely see that happening. A digital universe where we spend our time, our money and our lives. You know, the metaverse is coming and it absolutely is going to play a huge part for the future of retail that I feel strongly about. And solutions like what we've discussed today are an entry point to this metaverse retail world. And it may be that the shift to digital products or services actually help us drive there. Now, digital products are, again, another aspect that already exist and are already in the marketplace, but they're not mainstream yet and they're still largely viewed as gimmicks at present. But here's a wild prediction. It feels like there is a growing space in the busy social media world for a mainstream metaverse platform. Live life as an avatar, not as part of a sideshow for a game, but where social interaction and relationships form the centerpiece and the core purpose of the platform. Again, there are already signs that this is happening in small segments. Or in small niches, a bit like Spotify Party. The big question here is who is going to bring it to the mainstream market? And what will the likes of Zuckerberg and Facebook or AR Champion Snap Inc. have to say about that? I would love to hear your thoughts about reinventing digital shopping or the future of digital shopping. Would you sign up to a alternate universe social media platform? I'd love to know. Oliver.banks at obandco.uk is my email address. And I'll put that on the show notes along with some examples from what we have spoken about today. So those show notes are at obandco.uk slash 155. Now, this is episode 155 of the Retail Transformation Show, so there are plenty of other episodes to dive into. Here are three to get you started. Firstly, I referred to it earlier, episode 148, Transforming Discovery in Retail, part two. So do check that out, and there is a much more digital focus on that episode. Also, listen to episode 124, Becoming a Data-Driven Retailer. I referred to that episode as well. And then as the third episode, there are so many to choose from, honestly. (laughs) but I am opting for episode 144 called Resurrecting Retail After the Pandemic, featuring none other than the retail prophet, Doug Steven. So that's a fascinating conversation with some thought-provoking questions that I think will help as you are detailing out the vision and the missions for reinventing your digital shopping. So check out those three episodes you can find them all at obandco.uk 155. And whilst you are over on those show notes, do sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, by the way, where you'll get the latest headlines and insights into the changing and evolving world of retail. It's absolutely free. And every single week, you get the Retail Transformation Briefing arriving in your inbox, helping you keep your finger on the pulse of the transforming retail market. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this one. But I will catch you in another episode very, very soon. Bye for now.